going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 130 of the VAR Bar podcast. I'm Jake, of course. I'm the resident Chelsea fan. And I am your this week's host for you guys. Got a couple of the lads in today. Prez, how are we doing? Yeah, good mate. How are you doing? Oh, I'm in I'm in the W Hotel, boy. I'm I'm living the dream <laughs> right now. Um Mace, how are we doing? Talk to me, man. I'm all good. Um in the W Hotel, but only just by the skin of my teeth, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Hey, hey, by hook or by crook, as long as you're there, oh, you're there, crook. baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Drew, how are we doing, lad? Also in the W Hotel, man. Porn star martini. Ten of them. Oh, ten of them. Oh. Ten of them, man. <laughs> On a school night as seems well. To be a bit of a, it seems to be a bit of a trend here. <laughs> 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 one guy not in the dub, okay. I see what's Ooh. going on here. Oh, hey, you turned up to the pod. That's the main fit. Well, it's not the main fit, is it? But at least it's a nice <laughs> consolation prize for us. All right, boys, we've had an absolute packed week of football. Let's just get straight into it. We've got to start, firstly, with our midweek European exploits. So I want to go through the Champions League. This week, we're four games into it now, so teams are starting to qualify. So we've got five teams already through to round 16. We've got Napoli, the absolute attacking giants, getting through. We've got Bayern, the German machine. We've got City, who are just City at this point, just racing through theirs. We've got Madrid, the European heritage. And then the surprise team of the Champions League so far, Club Bruges. Club Bruges, yep. Four games in, already qualified for the round of 16. If you had money on that, you are going to be living well for the rest of the year. Put it that way. Um, We'll start in Group A. Napoli, as I said, they are just running over teams. 4-2 against Ajax. So that's, what, 10-3 over their two games. They are absolutely smashing it. They are definitely eyeing up the most goals in the Champions League group stage record. I think they've got to get six or seven in the next two games, which... Could happen, but then again, they've got to play Liverpool at Anfield, so probably not. But the fact they are doing this with a bunch of no-names before this group stage side is absolutely incredible. Um, But Drew, we'll start off with your team. You went to Ibrox, you're playing Rangers, it's a raucous atmosphere, and you took the first half off, really. I think that's fair to say. And then you decimated Rangers 7-1 so Drew how happy were you with the were you do you think Liverpool were back to their old form their old selves or was just Van Bronckhorst right and Rangers are just completely out of their depth and aren't going to be able to compete <laughs> definitely what from Bron- Van Bronckhorst said to be honest um, I think like in the first in the first half um, like you said I think Rangers were pretty competitive if I have to be completely fair um, I think the spirit, quote-unquote spirit of Ibrox helped them a lot. Um, but we stayed in the game. I think the Liverpool players, this particular set of players, what they do have is like experiences in like hostile environments, etc. Especially in Europe. So I think they handled it pretty well. Uh, but Rangers kept coming. Um, and then, yeah, in the second half, I think it was a bit too much for them. The quality just shown. Um, in terms of performance, I wasn't like overly happy, to be honest. But... Um, what I was, because I was talking to Shalom like day afterwards as well. What I, what, what I did think that was really good is that we managed to score seven goals. And no matter who you play, um, not every, not everyone can give seven to any team in it, let alone, you know, like a Rangers at Ibrox. So that, that, that was definitely a confidence boost and it served well for us, obviously, for our game at the weekend as well. So yeah, with that, I was happy that we managed to score seven goals. Because I knew, obviously, the players are hungry and they'll they'll be hungry for more. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I mean, I I was out at the time and I think I I checked my phone at half time and I saw one all. I didn't even go to the group chat. I was just like, one all? Like, Liverpool really that badly struggling? Like, I knew Liverpool obviously weren't informed, but to be one all, like, I I guess it was that. The thing is, people were saying that, but, like, Madrid were playing one all against Shakhtar. They last minute they scored one 0 against Shakhtar. Uh, City drew against Copenhagen away, but it's Liverpool at Ibrox. That's where people want to be like, "Oh, we're struggling." I was just like, "Come on, man, let the game finish." 
uh, what's his name? Tabo and Press, they they did it well. Tab- uh, Press at two one, he was like, yeah, it's the uh, game's done. He knew. Ball. No, at Tabo, one at one one at one one. Yeah, I said at one one. Yeah, yeah, at one one. You said it was done in it. You watched the Barca game. <laughs> Tabo, Tabo went to sleep at three one. Like, like I mean, like Noah's of ball, like. You know, Liverpool, like, obviously this season we're a bit we're a bit poor, but you know like you can't count us out, man. Especially against like teams like Rangers, I guess. Yeah, that 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 was my overriding thoughts. Yeah, I saw the result or not the result, sorry, the score at half time being one all and I just looked at it and went, Right, I know Liverpool are struggling, but I fully expected that to be three one by the end result and yeah, I checked my phone at full time, it's like, oh, seven one. Yeah, I can't be I can't be too surprised by that. But then Holding six in one half, I mean, Rangers, yeah. just get out, get out. Um, yeah. Right, we'll move on. You've got club, you've got Group B, and yeah, Club Bruges, like, getting through to the round of 16, I think, was an achievement enough. Getting through in four games and getting, like, going away to the Wanda Metropolitano of Athletic and getting a nil-nil draw there. Don't get me wrong, Athletic aren't great, but that is just a fantastic result for a club of their size. And then Xabi Alonso taking over as Leverkusen boss and getting absolutely slapped by Porto 3-0 at home. That is not going to be an easy job for him, to say the least. But then Group C. So Group C was the group of death when it first got drawn. Bayern, Barca, Inter and the Minos, Plizen. So Bayern took care of Plizen 4-2. We don't really care about that. That's to be expected. But then I think this may have a chance to be the best group stage game ever in the Champions League, boys. Barcelona welcomed Inter. Must-win game for Barcelona for their hopes of getting through the groups. And a free-all draw. Completely topsy-turvy. Multiple goals in the last 10-15 minutes. Massive result for Inter because that all but sends Barcelona out of the group stage. And that is massive for them because you think of their summer window and all these levers they had to initiate to make all these big signings we're talking Lewandowski we're talking Rafinha we're talking just keeping Frankie de Jong essentially amongst many many others just Perez I want you to just speak to me about how bad a result this is for Barcelona like this must be killer for them surely (laughs) yeah without a doubt because you know they moved pretty much moved heaven and earth to make some of the signings that you mentioned happen and, you know, put their club in serious financial jeopardy in the summer to, um, you know, you would think because they had a, a greater plan in mind or doing things for the greater good of, I guess, cup success. But at the end of the day, they still have to address the, I guess, the financial decisions that they've made, the business decisions that they've made. They're still going to be there regardless of if, you know, they won, but, you know, Winning at Barcelona is central to the club, is central to the culture, central to the fans. So obviously it's really important to them. But to crash out of this competition, which is kind of like paramount to what this comeback season was meant to be about, man, it could potentially be devastating. And I I think at this point we can almost concede to the fact that, you know, this is their destiny. They are going to be playing Europa League football um, by the end of the group stages. And um, yeah, it's largely disappointing. But then you look at, you know, a Frankie de Jong that was just desperately, desperately trying to stay at the club um, for reasons, well, multiple reasons that were reported to us. You know, one of the reasons being Champions League football. And now you look at it and he's, you know, he, he was so disgusted and repulsed by the thought of playing in Europa League. Well, get your sick bag out, mate, because you're, you're about to go, you're about to go there again. So yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's disappointing. Definitely from a Barcelona perspective, it's very, very disappointing. And yeah, to, to really not reap any benefits from the, the risky moves that they've made uh, in the summer is yeah is, is a tragedy nothing short of a tragedy man bloody hilarious i absolutely love it. <laughs> i absolutely love it like given how chelsea and barcelona were intertwined this transfer window with rafinha with kunde etc just to see that go through i think is absolutely hilarious because like it, if they do end up in the europa league i think they're guaranteed to lose out on 20 million at least like them trying to find that is 
going to be brilliant. Like they still are, they still owe Frankie Dion tons, PK, Alba, Busquets, all these players that deferred payments, and just their mad rush to find all this cash. I think it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to watching that. Um, we move, we'll move on from my agenda of Barcelona being twats. Group D. <laughs> this is Calvin's group. It's Spurs' group. And they were able to take control of that. They were able to handle Frankfurt 3-2 at home. Um, Mace, I'll come to you with your completely unbiased viewpoint being an Arsenal fan. Um are Spurs, do you think they're actually built to overcome the horrible record that Conte has in Europe? I think he's made the quarters once, maybe yeah. that at most, because they have the trait of they play horribly for the most part. Like They're not an exciting team. They struggle to hold possession, but they are continuing to grind out results. Like, Is that going to serve them well enough, or is it not going to matter once they come against the more quality teams later on? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on your head with the latter <clears throat> comment you've made. I think um, Spurs will struggle against better teams. I mean, I didn't see the game at all, but I was watching the um, scores like you um, during when the game was obviously going. And when the game was finished and I saw that the who they were playing against Frankfurt, correct? And yeah. they were, I believe Frankfurt went, went down one man. In my head, I'm thinking, how are you playing against 10 and letting them score against you it just didn't sit well with me especially when you're playing at home so if you can do if you can have that that sort of quality against a without let me say a very bad team compared to the big boys when you come against better teams you will struggle and i don't see tottenham doing any well and or doing good in the champions league it's just the, the type of football they play and i don't think they um tottenham has the, the, the teams to pull it off or the players to pull it off yeah no I, I completely agree and I don't blame you for not watching Spurs because well it speaks for itself doesn't it um yeah. <laughs> the other the other result in the group stage so Marseille they managed to get they managed to go to Lisbon and defeat Sporting 2-0 so that group is exceedingly tight much like my team's group group E so thankfully Zagreb were able to hold Salzburg to one or draw at home which allowed Chelsea to take the lead in the group thanks to dispatching, uh, that's the only word I can say, the reigning Italian champions, AC Milan, at the San Siro. Shout out to Mori, once Cobham, always Cobham, getting that early red with the penalty as well. Um, Drew, I'll come to you with this one because you said it earlier. Potable, it seems to be working. Chelsea are on form. And it is results-wise. We've drew our first game with Potter and then we've won every game since. From your point, how much better do you think they're actually looking in terms of their performances, or is it just a case we're grinding out results at the minute? Um, to be completely honest with you, I haven't really watched Potterball like that. So I'll be probably the wrong person to to ask this, to be honest. But from the outside statistics, highlights looking in, um, yeah, it seems that you're, the players that were initially struggling at the start of the season on the two show. Um, are balling. So we're talking about people like Mason Mount, Conor Gallagher as well, um, Jorginho, um, Kepa, uh, everyone as well. Yeah, oh, so man. the French, not the French players, but the players that were kind of out of form or that, or like that criticism toward at them at the start of the season are, um, yeah, are balling, balling out for Potter. Um, and I think a major difference as well is, a major difference as well has been, uh, maybe Aubameyang as well. Um, fitting in a bit more like a glove and being a striker that you guys need coming from a uh, uh, static Lukaku. <laughs> um, yeah, because Aubameyang is he's much more involved with play, better movement, uh, better athlete. Um, and yeah, and he can finish as well. He's getting his goals as well. So that is my take on Portable. But I don't know how you see it. I'm, I'm, I'm really effused by it i'm i'm excited like because we are we do look like a much more attacking team i think he's given us a really clear style of play and which tuca was really struggled with at chelsea he made us so defensively solid but attacking wise he did really struggle and like just coming from this game like once we had the early red from tomori the game was over like we just yeah. strangled them they weren't near the ball the entire that, time that wasn't a red though maybe a pen but not a red 
Yeah, that. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. I think it's it's a very harsh ruling because the rule states, doesn't it, is that if you don't play the ball, then it is an automatic red, and he technically hasn't played the ball. But I I agree with you. I think com I think common sense needs to prevail there, and it is a penalty for me. I think Robbie Completely Savage on common. Game, man. Yeah, it, it it killed the game because Milan weren't getting close to us at all. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy with Potable. I think the only thing that ruined that performance for me was Reese getting injured, which is I think it's quite easy to say he's our most irreplaceable player because we just at the simple point we don't have someone that can do half the things that he can in that position. And he's out now. He's maybe going to make the World Cup, but that is a serious doubt. And that will affect us. I think we've got five games until then. We are going to have to make it work and that is, I think that's Potter's biggest challenge so far as a Chelsea coach. Not trying to lift the spirits, not trying to get results back on track in the Champions League after a very bad start, which he has done. It's simply figuring out how the hell he's going to replace our best player of the year so far. And I'm excited to see how he does it. But it's going to be a big challenge, nevertheless. What, 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 what do you think is going through his head in that regard, Jake? Because obviously it's touch and go for the World Cup. But say he does go, right? And, um, you know, not saying that there's a possibility he'll re-aggravate an injury or he he might not be, well, it's likely he won't be match fit by the time, you know, the World Cup does actually roll around. And I can imagine that as a manager, he might be thinking about, you know, the fallout from after the World Cup. So should he play a significant amount of minutes... Um, you know, not necessarily being match fit and coming in kind of cold. There's potential repercussions behind that, like post World Cup and what that could mean for his fitness and availability for Chelsea, you know, after that. I would, it would be interesting to kind of, I suppose, get in Potter's head as to what he, he's thinking about from that side of things, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think so. As far as we've been made aware, Reese has decided not to have surgery because if he had surgery, mm. that's him out of the World Cup. That's a guarantee. Mm. So he's in a brace for four weeks and he's got rehab for four weeks, which like, well, maybe not four weeks, sorry, because that would pretty much rule him out of the World Cup. I think because Sel Southgate needs to name his provisional squad by, so we're recording this on the Sunday night. I think it's Monday or Tuesday. Now, mm. Already? That is going to be a yeah. That is that is going to be a big call to say whether or not he puts him in that for starters. Like I, I think that's a big risk. And personally, I, I think he will. I don't think he should. I think that should be mm. something. Because selfishly, as a Chelsea fan, I don't want him to go. I'd rather him just yeah, yeah. have his surgery and rest up because he's he's already he's one of those players that already is a injury prone, and you'd rather just him not take these risks but at the end of it, I can see why he is and if the doctor's on the board I hope he can recover but no I I, I think if you're Potter right now you back your player if he says he wants to do this and there's medical approval he's going to let him do it but he's probably yeah. thinking like subconsciously at the back of the mind's like I'd rather you just rehab I'd rather you just take it off and then come back after the World Cup fit and fresh without having to go yeah. to Qatar do you know? Do you know what the timing would would have been if he did take the surgery? Uh, we weren't told that. So when it first came out, he said it was going to be eight weeks, and then mm. it came afterwards that he was going to get surgery. So he's going to be in a brace for four. But that takes you to mid November when the World Cup starts, anyways. And yeah. then he'll have to rehab from that. And like you say, like there's a complete lack of match fitness. He'll have to build himself up. Like I, I think. If I'm Southgate right now, I struggle to see how he has a big impact. Like, as much yeah. as Southgate apparently doesn't really like him as much, you've just seen Trent come back this weekend really quickly. You've got Trippier in fine form for um, Newcastle at the moment. I don't think Walker's going to be back, but like you've got someone like Ben White who's performing quite well as a narrow right back for... Arsenal, I think you've got options out there. You don't have to force it with Reese yeah. James, but we'll wait yeah. and see. Um, we'll move on. So Group F, Drew said it earlier, Real got a last-minute equaliser thanks to Rudiger. 
Rudiger received 20 stitches in his head for that he effort. Got <laughs> <laughs> That's putting it down for the <laughs> badge. Okay, Fair play. Um, and then Celtic Park, they it was a very dour affair for them. Timo Werner, my old boy, sending home the boys in a 2 0 win for Leipzig. Group G was boring as hell. City drew 0 0 away to Copenhagen. Sevilla, Sevilla went to Dortmund and drew 1 all. Group H, though, was quite fun. So you have Maccabee Haifa defeating Juve 2-0 at home. How Allegri's still in the job? He must have something on the Juve owners, on Agnelli, because that is an appalling result. No matter who is in charge, no matter the squad depth, not being able to at least get a draw against Maccabee Haifa is horrendous. And then PSG and Mbappe's club were held one all at home. Mbappe is now threatening to leave. Drew is getting tears in his eyes because Mbappe to Liverpool <laughs> is coming back, perhaps. I mean, that is a great... I mean, that's what happens, isn't it? When you give a player the keys to the club like, and you're having the French president call in the troops, essentially, to make sure he stays, that is... There are so uh, many rumours flying about, though, about that. Like, him being unhappy with signings not being made, promises not being made... Someone was telling me. Someone was telling me about that PSG was secretly spying on him in his private life. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm hearing hell of things, so I'm not sure what's going on, man. But he has come out and uh, basically confirmed that he's, you know, he's he's not happy there. So, like a direct <laughs> quote from himself. So, there is something going on for sure. So, yeah, that, I mean, it's it's a fact, like. No one can... Mbappe, I think we've discussed this before, he's in complete control of that situation. The owners don't have any control, really. The manager certainly has no control. I mean, he's on the contract, so they have some sort of control, I guess. Unless there's a clause in, within his contract um, that we're not sure about, but... It's one of those things, though, because like, Mbappe could just rest up for... like If they said to him, right, we're going to hold you to your contract, but we're not going to play you, we're going to send you away from the club... I mean, that's two and a half years. He could sit on the bench, do absolutely nothing, and still get absolutely paid by Madrid. Like yeah, and it all it does is suppress his value. So, like that that's where I say it's like Mbappe holds every single card when it comes to PSG mm-hmm. right now, and th- that's the situation they got themselves into. They rejected that. What was it? One hundred and fifty million offer from Madrid in the transfer window to take Mbappe, but they instead they renewed his contract. So. They're the decisions you made, and that's the consequences of your actions coming to us. Apparently, he's falling out with with Neymar. The relationship is a little bit icy between him and Neymar. Yeah, that was from early, though. That was. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Right. We'll move on to the Premier League. Oh, no, wait. No, we won't, because we haven't covered Thursday night football. I'm not going to go into massive detail. Um, (laughs) Drew did the same Uh, thing last week. Jake, bloody hell, man. Uh, Uh, Look, my team's won Thursday night football. Let's make the top four press. If you win, it's great. Otherwise, it's like, I mean, makes you're beating Bodo Glimt and Prez. You're beating Apoel like, Nicosia or not even them. Omonia or something like that. Funny enough, a Niger guy was in goal as well. That was funny. He had the game of his life. Oh, man. That Ibo name. Uzo. So, yeah. Zoho, uh, if, if, you boys, if you boys want to talk about it by all means nah let's late. move on please no, yeah, there we go. no need for that one alright um, Premier League we start off with Friday Night Football <laughs> Ivan Tony <laughs> is looking <laughs> Ivan Tony's looking Gareth directly in those eyes telling him he best have a seat on that plane to Qatar scoring both goals including a lovely back heel finish that flick into the bottom corner against a 2-0 win over Brighton Leicester are oh shit. They continued their incredibly poor start to the season with a nil-nil draw against Palace in what could possibly be one of the biggest wastes of 90 minutes I've ever had in my life. That was a horrible, horrible game from both sides. Also, shout out James Madison and fuck you for getting a suspension in the 94th minute for diving, which means my FPL for next week is even worse now. Um, the, the three o'clock kickoffs, we had Fulham draw two all with Bournemouth in the battle of the promoted teams. By the way, we need to shout out Gary O'Neill. He is solidifying that Bournemouth team. Yeah, they man. are looking 
decent, to be they've fair. Been, they've, been, they've been unbeaten since the 9-0 Pamin, by the way. Mm. So, since yeah. the sacking. So, and we was, we was all being critical about it. So, shout out the owners there, man. I don't know what yeah. they saw, but... Yeah, well, I mean, he got... Yeah, Denim got rid of Parker and then he sold the club. Like, it's now, it's now new owners. Oh, really? So that's why... Yeah, that's oh. why Gary O'Neill hasn't been made permanent. Yeah, he's, he, his last act essentially was sacking Parker, which has worked wonders, and then now they need to see if they can keep it up. Um, wow. the other three, the other three o'clock kickoff was Wolves beating Forest one nil. Fun fact for you lads: there's four Midlands club in the Premier League. They occupy four of the five bottom spots. That is so. Basically, <laughs> you go to a Midlands club, you're getting relegated, or you're staying up <laughs> by the skin of your teeth. Um, but then we go to the late kickoff on the Saturday, and it is Spurs. Ugh. They welcomed the team <laughs> at the time, the best offensive record in the league, Everton. Like, and I want to praise Lampard for it, but they are getting lucky if you look at their expected goals. Um, they welcomed Everton to North London and swiftly dealt with them. First half, nothing really exciting happened. But then an injury to Richarlison. He has to come off for Basuma, and then... Basuma somehow changes the game from six, and yeah, he changed Harry, the game. Basuma did. Yeah, he was he was hoovering everything up, able to start off their attacks brilliantly. Harry Kane scores a penalty. Hoiberg gets a really nice late strike to seal it for him. Um, Prez, I'll come to you. Harry Kane is now on nine goals, so he's second in line for the Golden Boot behind a certain Man City striker. What are his yeah. chances of winning? The race for the Bolden Goot. Go- Bolden Goot? The Golden Bolden Goot. Golden Goose. What are his chances of winning the Golden Boot? Third time's lucky. And is it uh, reliant on him or is it purely reliant on Haaland just getting injured at this point? Because I think if he's on the pitch, he's scoring. Yeah, I think it's almost relying on Haaland to to not score goals. I think that's the only way you can realistically catch the guy at this point. And I think his his you know goal per game average is is already stupid. So um, yeah, Harry Kane, all he can really do is can be continue to be consistent with the goals he scores. Um, no matter how he gets them, whether that's through his penalties and, you know, people saying, oh, all he scores is penalties, but penalties are there to be scored. And as a striker, you take um, all the goals you can get. So um, Harry Kane is on nine goals. I mean, if we're looking at nine goals in a normal league season with no uh, Erling Haaland, right? Nine goals at this point in the season is a fantastic return. Exactly. So... Minus Erlen Haaland, Kane is having a great, he's having a golden boot season. Um, but, you know, a small matter of Erlen Haaland is standing in the way of that and probably will continue to right up to the end of the season, um, bar any injuries or if he, you know, miraculously stops scoring goals, which I don't think he will in the City team. So, yeah, Kane, just collect your coins, collect your goals and um, keep chopping away or chipping away at that um, uh, Tottenham all-time record, man, and hope that Haaland stops scoring goals. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like Harry is playing tremendously, but you, I think you need a Haaland injury. You need Haaland to be out for 10 games or so to allow Harry to even catch up and make it a fair fight, I think, at this yeah. point. Anything else, and Haaland's going to be having a pair of golden boots to take home with him and that'll be the first of many possibly um but that was saturday we move on to sunday that was a very busy slate of 2 p.m fixtures four on at the same time um we'll start with arsenal mace your boys travel travel to ellen road and the refs didn't want you to kick off due to technical issues there was a 35 minute delay the screens were acting up people couldn't talk to each other goal line technology was off Obviously, they hadn't turned everything off and on again, as mm. uh, every solution for technology. But you were <laughs> able to grind out a 1-0 win. Now, for me, you may need to correct me here, but this was the first time you really struggled in a game in the Premier League. Like, not you, Obviously, you lost to United, but I don't think you necessarily struggled in the game. I thought you looked, well, I thought you looked good. But yeah. Hey, Anfield, man. I mean, Emirates last week, man. Come on, man. We didn't struggle. Well, <laughs> but especially in the second half, you didn't look particularly that great like how happy are you that you've now seen that where 
for yourself where in a game you can struggle, but you're still able to grind and still able to get the result, even though Patrick Bamford should have had a hat-trick in 20 minutes, even though there was that very awkward ending. Yeah. Uh, question. To be honest, um, I know we decided not to talk about the Europa League, but we didn't necessarily have a great game playing Bodo Glimp. Um, a team that won 14, 14 out of their, or 13 out of their 13 European matches. So within the two games, we have struggled to play well. And I am finally seeing an Arsenal team that wins, even though they are not playing well, which is a very good sign of a, of a good team. Um, so I can't, I can't be unhappy about it. Am I worried? No, I think you need your team sometimes will have like glitches or blimps, but the, the best thing, the, what you need to take out of those games is that they're, that they're at least winning. And that's what we have managed to do. In regards to the game, uh, we were lucky, man. Leeds should have, <laughs> they should have gone home with something, but they didn't. Yeah, and at least a point. At least a point. Um, but am I, am I complaining? No. I mean, am I happy? Yes. Obviously, looking at how Liverpool beat City today, Arsenal are the big winners this weekend. And I'm just going to take that and sleep really, really comfy tonight. Um, yeah. I wouldn't even yeah. talk so negative about it if I was you, man. Like, yeah. like I told Tab in the group chat, man. These are, Like you said, these are the games, even if you're playing bad, you should win. Not even draw. You collected all three points. Thank you. This is, this is all on yeah. Leeds for not putting away their chances, man. This is not yeah. on on you to be like am i unhappy no you're happy <laughs> and fuck Leeds. Yeah. fuck it yeah no no, no <laughs> you, yeah, are, you, are, you the, are correct you are the big you are the big winners because obviously liverpool done you a favor so it's good man it's good yeah it's 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 very good um i'm not sure jake if you're going to go into more details regarding the game but yeah um like drew is correct like we take our points and we move no, I mean, oh, I, I, I completely agree as well. The fact that, like, we got battered 3 0 at Leeds. Like, they started off the season fantastically. And Ellen Road is not an easy place to go to. That crowd no. is loud. They're always up for it. Leeds play a very high octane way of football, especially at home with the crowd behind them. That is hard to play against. Uh, but Arsenal showed up yet again. For, for me, as far as I'm aware, like you yeah. did exactly what Drew said. You did the job that is required of you. You went, you took three points. You're now more than a game ahead of second place City. Now, thanks to that. So four points ahead. Like it's all cushy in the red side of North London, as far as I'm aware. Like I'm, I'm, there's nothing for you to think, yeah, there's something bad that's going to happen. No, not at all. I mean, you have to look at the positives. Saka is is in a very rich vein of form. He's scoring. Um, very good goal. Um, I, I didn't know he had it in him, to be honest. That goal surprised me. But I thought, okay, that's what confidence does for a man. He does, you know, he pulls the, out the, things. The, and the fullback showed him to his left, in it? He just yeah. smacked it with his right. <laughs> just smashed it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. I, I think with regards to Leeds, we have to give them some some credit. I think they play, it's like Bayer football with sense. That's how I'll coin the way they're playing right now because they're, they're, they still maintain their high octane type of football, but it's done with a little bit of, of, um, of sense. Ballers, and, yeah, they go some ballers. And what's his name? The, the American who they brought from in Germany. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was impressive. Um, I really liked what he had. Sinistera was good as Sinistera well. Sinistera was good. Um, he was good. Um, yeah, they, they have, they have good players and they're playing a, very well. So there's good, there's good, good things to be taken out from the Leeds team. Um, yeah, good game. Lucky Arsenal, but we take it. Well, speaking of lucky London teams, my team, Chelsea, went to Villa and Steven Gerrard being on the hot seat did not need to welcome us. And he especially did not need a Tyrone Mings disaster class in the vein of his defending hero, Titus Bramble, being at fault for both Mason Mount goals. So the first one, he literally headed it up in the air to Mason Mount for an easy chance. And the second one, needlessly fouling Mason Mount for him to score a free kick. And Gerard also did not need a Kepa masterclass in what is his best game for Chelsea, I think. It was outrageous, the saves he was making. The triple save, the save from Ings on the 
the six yard line, the header to where he essentially jumped backwards to palm it over. Like, I mean, Prez, imagine you're Edward Mendy at the minute and you're injured just as Potter comes in, so they have to start Kepa, and Kepa's kept a couple of clean sheets without really being too threatened. And then that 45 minutes, it just felt like he wasn't getting stopped, which is not a feeling you can associate with Kepa. You always feel like he's going to flap at something or <laughs> just not get to a shot. Like, should he be worried that he's not going to be getting that starting spot anytime soon? Yeah, this one's re- this one is a difficult one because I feel like it's at the discretion of the manager more than anything, especially with the fact that Potter's new to the job. Um, I think we touched on this a little bit, um, well, within the last couple of episodes anyway, as to what might, what Potter might be thinking in terms of, you know, why he's gone with Kepa and not, you know, immediately brought Ed, uh, Mendy back into the side. Um, you know, I'm always a fan of rewarding good form in it. Like, and that goes for any position on the pitch. So, ride that hot hand in in the sense that if you you've got a guy in red hot form performing well um and doing what is expected of him as a keeper and beyond that even though he has previous of being a little bit of a donkey you know give him give him you know show him that you've got confidence in him show him that you've got belief in him keep him in the side and you know if he does show some more of his donk like tendencies then at least you have a keeper that's chomping at the bit, ready and waiting to come back into the side, and you know about his quality, and you know um, that you, uh, he's he's a, a serviceable keeper. So, yeah, I think it's more about you know what the manager thinks is best for the team, and what the manager believes um, he should stick with. Um, yeah, for with, with the benefit of the team in mind. So, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I have to agree. I think. Before this game, I was very much like, he's going to stay until he concedes one goal. Because he just mm. he just wasn't getting a lot of action, per se. And then, just that one half of football, like all the different saves he was making, the reaction ones, he seemed a lot more in control. He was distributing it fairly well. Like That is his jersey now. It's back. He is back to holding that starting place. And I, I do. like. I think Mendy was in horrible form. He's been in horrible form for a while, and Kepa's come in and just went like he looked like a seventy-two million pound keeper. That's the first time I can say that in his Chelsea career. But he looked like he was going to hold up. Will he continue this? Probably not. I don't expect that. Like he needs to perform for a lot longer. But I don't look at him at the minute and think. He is a mistake waiting to happen. And I haven't been able to say that for a long time outside of penalty saves, to be completely honest. So I'm hopeful for it. Um, but like I said, he was one star at one end, especially that first half. The other star attacking wise was Mason getting two goals. There was his first goals of the season, but still managing to lead in goal contributions because he is our most consistent attacker. Drew, is Mason Mount starting for England at the World Cup? <laughs> um, I mean, on on current form, maybe yes. I mean, I guess. I, <laughs> I said maybe yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I can't think of anyone else in this position that would, to be honest. So, any, yeah, he's moving mad at the moment. It's not just assists and the playmaking, but he's also scoring goals, good goals as well. And his overall play has improved a lot on the Potter, as I said earlier. Uh, this season, because last season he was immense, but talking specifically about this season, and uh, it's a great time to be in form. So yeah, for sure. Not yeah, just we, him, um, but a certain man in Manchester as well. I think should be on the plane as well, but we we can touch on that later. Well, I mean, we're we're, we're going to go to Manchester because the only team not to get into the W Hotel of our teams, unfortunately for him, Pres is United. <laughs> they were held at home by Newcastle to a nil-nil draw. By all accounts, it was a drab game, Perez, but a very mm. even one, nevertheless. And there were a couple of surprises in that United lineup. So Ericsson was held out. He had an illness. Um, Rashford was suffering from similar illness, but he was able to get to the bench. And CR7 was given the start. 
how do you think all of those changes to Ten Hag's team negatively affected them with say Ericsson at the six building up play and CR seven and his lack of pressing? Um, I mean, on paper, you'd probably say that those things that you've mentioned would play a part, but I, I think, you know, watching the game, I, I, I feel, yes, Newcastle held us to a nil-nil draw, but we just didn't do enough to get the ball into the back of the net. I feel we dominated the game in pretty much every department. Um, Newcastle were physical in the uh, in the midfield as you'd expect um but we had the likes of Casemiro and Fred in the team um who you know if you look at their qualities the phys- their physicality is probably up there amongst uh their uh, their more, their more um recognized qualities um you know the back four don't think they faced many issues defended well kept strong were composed uh, line was um you know I, th- I think the line was pretty comfortable in terms of uh building up from the back being able to progress the ball um Luke Shaw Rafa Varane we know about um Martinez and his ability to play through the lines and yeah i just think for me it was the cutting edge uh, on united's part and the inability to to get high quality to convert high quality chances into shots on goal um, we didn't take enough shots and you could look at, you know, a CR7 who, you know, is in the team to score goals. Uh, he, he, yeah, he, he just didn't, he wasn't getting on the end of things. And um, yeah, he was, he was subsequently uh, substituted by Marcus Rashford, um, who came on and of course looked bright and, you know, he comes on and he, he immediately gives, uh, you know, defenders something to think about, especially with the in behind for it. But if if I just like summarize the game, I wouldn't say I wouldn't even say Newcastle matched us. The only the only thing um that I can, you know, really look at as something they matched us on is the scoreline. Um and and we should have done we should have left with all three points, no doubt. Uh they you know, they sat they sat back, they kept their shape, um and for for the mo- for the most part it was a uh, you know, they sat in a low block and we were forced to break, uh, to, to try and break them down. You know, we, we kept the ball well. We sustained possession. We sustained pressure. We moved the ball from side to side really well. So really just watching the game, I just didn't have that many complaints. Just, just looking at our general play. The only complaint I have is that we didn't put the ball in the back of the net, back of the net, which is, um, obviously the, the all important statistic in football. So yeah, for me, I, I'm mad that we didn't get the three points more than mad at um, more than being mad at the performance itself. Well, there we go. I was I was not expecting that. Um, Sean, I want to I want to speak on Newcastle because yeah. obviously they've got the owners now with all the cash. They've made a terrific start to their season. They've made some really smart signings because Howe's now been there for what about a year now, yeah. and. The starting lineup is now essentially refreshed. Players like Guimaraes, Botman are looking terrific. Isaac, unfortunately, has had a, I think he's now up for three months. He's had a major setback to his injury. But. Three weeks, three weeks. Is it three weeks? Oh, good. Yeah. No, not good. I don't care. I want them to suffer. Um, <laughs> but not him, especially, just them in general. Uh, this Newcastle team, how long do we think it is before they make the big six, the big seven? two three more seasons right okay i think yeah i think they are knocking but don't forget you still have the the, you still have city liverpool chelsea arsenal tottenham and outside that you have west ham brighton those are two teams i'll say that knocking um, I think there's one more I'm forgetting. So, okay, you can chuck in Newcastle. And I think they, they would need to play better than 60 or 70% of those teams. And that will take a while. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. So hence why I think two of three, two just being very optimistic, three just actually, this is why I think it is going to be three seasons. But nevertheless, they have a good manager. Um, who's employing and implementing a good system 
Um, they're buying well. They're buying young. Um, they have money, which is obviously very important. Um, and if you have all of those combination in a team, it, it should, there's only one way up. Let's just put it that way. Um, well, I think my issue, why I think they will struggle with is just trying to attract the big name players. I mean, they've done really well in getting um, Isaac, which is a very good start. Um, I think maybe for Newcastle, the way they can move, maneuver is just they just buying players uh, out of the like the, um, activating their release clause. That might be a good way to to get around that and just keep playing good football. And in about two two seasons, three seasons, I think Newcastle will be a team to to trouble a lot of um, clubs in in the prem and top in, four team in three seasons or um oh it's all it all depends on the, the teams the players they buy and if they continue playing good football which i think they will but i i, I do see because remember back in the days it was what newcastle liverpool united arsenal they were they, they were newcastle have been they have history on their on their yeah. side the first team to win the, the actual premier league right if am i getting that no that's blackburn sorry um yeah so they've they've got good good history behind them as opposed to say city when you compare newcastle's history to city's history newcastle comes out so they're a good team um they're currently playing good football and i and i see good things for them fair enough man fair enough i think personally i think they get into europe at the end of this season and then that will be be their big test is the transition from having a week between every game, being able to properly work on stuff on the training field, to, right, there's games every... We're doing the Thursday-Sunday rotation. Are we going to be able to get our players recovered? Are we going to have a depth of squad? Because I think the starting lineup looks fine, but then as soon as you tap into the reserves, like you're still trotting out Sean Longstaff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jamal like Sells. Yeah. Exactly. John Willock. Yeah. Ryan Fraser. <laughs> Chris yeah. Wood. Exactly. Yeah, You're pulling out names like that and those names aren't going to be able to cut it when, and especially when some of their stars, well not stars, but their better players, like someone like a Callum Wilson is completely injury prone. Yeah. You're not mm. going to be able, like it's struggle enough to keep him fit one game a week, two games a week, you have little chance. So that'll be the, I think for me, the most interesting challenge. I agree with you, Shalom. I think three seasons sounds very reasonable for them to establish themselves there. Yeah. But it will be an adaptation period that may look very bad in the short term for them of the Europa Conference League might be a bit too much in terms of just yeah, sheer yeah. fixture congestion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Even just by looking at their, their, current, their current 11 squad, Jacob Murphy isn't getting you top four, is he? Let's just keep it a buck. I mean, Sean Longstaff isn't doing that. So they will need to change and they will need to replace with quality to get them there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the only other two o'clock game, West Ham drew one all Southampton. Nobody cares about it though, because we have shared, we <laughs> saved the best game for last. It's the, given the current team setup, it's always one of the best games of the season. Liverpool welcoming the reigning champion City to Anfield. Anfield sounded incredible, by the way. Have to give it up to them. They were really up for it today. And Liverpool showed, despite their overall form, why form is temporary and class is permanent. Holding out Haaland for... Is that the first time this season he hasn't scored in the league? Like, yep. Crazy. En route to a 1-0 dub. Drew, talk your talk, man. How happy are you? <laughs> I'm happy, man. Of course, it's a it's a three pointer. Um, I'm happy because um, there was a lot of chat. There was a lot of chat from like rival fans that you know we would have got blown away. There was a lot of chat from Liverpool fans, including myself, that we would have got blown away. <laughs> so, um, but at the same time, I felt I felt like like I said earlier, the seven one. And winning in that manner against Rangers was very important going into this game um, at home. Um, so I felt like with that, there was a glimmer of hope to do something. Um, so yeah, first and foremost, I'm happy with the three points. Um, but we, we've had wins this season already. So it's just seeing how we respond against West Ham on Wednesday. But yeah, great, great performance from the lads. Everyone 
everyone played well and against City you need everyone to play well uh, our, the, our back five especially um, I'm, I'm including Alisson in this were very good um, this has probably been like yeah I think our best performance this season so far and it was one where Liverpool showed um, respect to City because we dropped a few lines back uh, we played on the counter at home, which I haven't seen us play like that in a very long time um, in that particular style. But based on our current form, based on the opposition, I understand why we went, why, why we did that. And yeah, we troubled City on more than on, on many occasions. And City were, you know, they had the ball, but they were pretty toothless. Like, uh, yeah, in our box, really kept Haaland quiet-ish. Um, I don't subscribe that we kept him quiet or we pocketed him, but we kept him quiet-ish in that game. Um, so yeah, man, it looked like it looked like I got my Liverpool back. So let's see how we respond, man, on Wednesday. Well, it's nice to games, see you happy, man. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Um, Right, but speaking of getting someone back, Prez, Mo Salah has turned up. He is da- he is actually at the dance. He's had, by his standards, a very poor start to the season. I think we all got used to him just being stood out wide on the right, dropping deep from the ball instead of doing what he does best and going at players, dribbling past them, pulling off amazing finishes. And he took advantage of what was a horrible Cancelo mistake. That, that was... Like it, he did it twice in the same game, like it was rubbish what Cancelo put out today. Like ha- I have to highlight that it was abysmal. But Salah took the advantage of that and scored the winning goal. How important do you think it is to Liverpool's season that they have to get him firing? Because obviously there's Hotter. Firmino has been fantastic this season. You've got Louis Diaz when he comes back from his injury, but he's been playing really well. You've got Darwin, who that substitute appearance today was, oh gosh. that One, one oh, for the books, man. Chaos. Oh, God. Man, chaos. That was, <laughs> God. What like, was that about, man? Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually intrigued. What's the future with that guy? Because it can go either one way or the other, but I see it going really one way. <laughs> Yeah. What one way is that, Shalom? Tell us. Like he can either just get go from strength to strength and just you know become this Pokemon of a player who just ke- keeps on evolving, or he can just not evolve and just keep giving you the same old, same old, and you think, oh yeah, he's gonna be better, and he never gets better. You know what that sign but, reminds me of? It reminds me of Benteke. Really? Go, when go ben- elaborate. Benteke used to be like a Liverpool slayer at Aston Villa. He he looked the player. So obviously, what Liverpool does when a player does well against us, we sign him. We signed Benteke and he was nowhere near that player. Of course, he scored mm. like six goals. See that overhead kick against the uh, OT? Let's not forget. But He lost that game. I know, I know. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, he he wasn't he wasn't half of the player that he was at Aston Villa, so it it kind of sense is kind of reminding me of like when we signed Benteke, the hype, but then the reality was bitterly disappointing, man. Man, I mean, I, some of but it's just not even just looking at just looking at his uh, performance or his cameo today. Yeah, some of it is just brain farts, man. It's not even like <laughs> question his ability or anything. It's just like, come on, there's a clear and obvious thing you should be doing why are you not doing it for me the most worrying aspect is like and i'm just building on your point here press is that like so we'll bring it up so cancello loses the ball again as the last man nunez goes through and he had salah and one other to his right i can't remember who it was but anyway is he looks up he sees the pass it's not a terror. It shouldn't be a hard pass. I think Cancelo's sort of blocking it, but you can easily get that past him. He's not stopping that pass from happening. Put it that way. Unless can you I play devil's advocate him. though? Okay. Sure. <laughs> can I play devil's advocate there though? Because I think what he was trying to do was not pass to anyone. He just tried to score. Fair enough. Yeah. So what what Jota needed to do was to make a better run, and he pointed at Jota to go 
he wanted Jota to make the running behind so that he drags the defender with him. But Jota was was walking basically in his in his vision, where the defender that was um, following Jota was also there. So first of all, Nunez had no intention of passing in it. Fair enough. But then the runs around him also need to be better. In 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 his defense, that would be his argument probably, because he he had no intention of passing, but he should have passed, of course. If you're playing devil's advocate, then he should have scored, man. <laughs> he can't make that run and not no score. No, 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 but he couldn't have scored because the Jota's run was awful. Mm. Jota should have made that run outside to drag the defender. That would open up. That would open up space, and then he would have he would have hit the target. I'm not even gonna say he would have scored because we know, but he would have at least hit the target probably. <laughs> Right. I, I I get where you're coming from, but I, I I've got to be honest. I'm I'm with Shalom. If you if you're going to take the shot, you have to score it. Otherwise, you you try and make what is for me the obvious pass and yeah, you, obvious option. And yeah. he didn't. And you can see the reaction of from. I mean, I know it's Mo Salah. He loves scoring goals. He doesn't like it when someone doesn't pass to him. But it was extra when it's just simply a case of. You make that pass, it's 2 Roll the ball across. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> if everyone in the stadium is saying pass, boy, pass that ball. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, bro, bro, then that the chip ST, attempt afterwards. ST, oh, that chip, yeah. Oh, my God. What was that? Oh, my God. <laughs> like he ran too far for the ball. I don't know if it's you guys, but he hits the ball ahead of him, then just runs too far, like sort of has to like scoop it from underneath his own body. And it's just like, oh, God. Like there's no <laughs> composure. It's funny because he had a similar chance last season when he played against us for Benfica and he scored in a brilliant manner past Allison. So mm. I don't know where his ability of goal scoring has gone because, yeah, I don't know. Brain farts, most probably, because he does yeah. things well. Because, like, he, la- he, he can stretch the, he can stretch the, he, he stretches the play. He, he has, he's, he looks like a good athlete. He's got, he burst, he's got pace. He's got speed. He's got pace. Mm. Um, he's strong. He's got Strong, all of that. Yeah. But then when it comes to making a decision, like Press said, it's a brain farting. So yeah. that can be that can be removed with time in it, if it will be removed. And then hopefully yeah, we'll see, that's, the best of him. Drew, that's so, what I'm saying. It's either it's gonna go one way or it'll go another with him. Yeah, yeah. It's just you sure. just can't call it yet. But the players look very frustrated with him, I can tell already, man. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> well, one man who looked frustrated thank you for that very easy segue there drew um but mate i'll come to you for this one because city were playing well and then yeah. the the goal got ruled out for them because they believe so it was a foul on fabinho which i think was the correct decision by var I'm not going to argue that yeah. and then yeah. pep gets frustrated and starts waving at the crowd like come on then give me more and more game turns yeah. immediately yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> how bad a mistake was that to get Anfield involved to get them on their uh, feet? You, uh, uh, that's such a rookie mistake. You never, you don't want, you want Anfield to implode yeah. rather than yeah. give them something to fight for. <laughs> you don't do that. You just don't do that, especially against the scouts, man. That just one caliber of people you just don't want to agitate. And yeah, that's a that's a, that, that's a rookie mistake, and he paid but, for it. Has he, has he, has Pep got a point though of being angry? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you can he see does, it. He, he does, does have a point. But because at the end the, of the day. That, if that's not a goal, yeah. If that's not a goal, he would have never given that foul. He was, mm. Anthony Taylor was awful, by the way. We need to say that he was terrible. But at the same time, he let a, let, he, he let a lot of things go, which, which I think you kind of should do in a, in a big, in game. A big game. Fair yeah. enough. So you yeah. have to be consistent. And I think from a city's point of view, I would, I would be vexed as well in regards to that. Not gonna lie, I, I, I think he like you can be fine with being angry, but that I think the point is like you can hear Anfield giving you the chat. You can't react because nah. like the way I see that happening is so Anfield has almost conceded a goal. You're gonna be a bit up for it, like okay, yeah, we haven't conceded a goal, we're still in this game, but you're you're also gonna have that nervous energy of right, the city machine is now purring a little bit. Like yeah. we we've been given our last chance almost, and you gave Anfield that bit of noise, and that that did change the game. It was it flipped it over. The the Liverpool guys got the energy. Cancelo decided he wanted to be absolutely awful and just give you guys. Well, a you know who does one. his most games. 
This is what annoys me about you guys. You know he does this most games. I told Shalom this that can, if if C is to lose this, Cancelo would be the one. Cancelo, I told him. Yeah. I told <laughs> him. Cancelo. Tell him. Yeah. Thank you. Cancelo does this most games, but you guys, you guys don't say anything, and it annoys me. It really annoys me. He's not that guy. He's brilliant going forward. He's better than most going forward. I'll give him that. But defensively, he's so suspect, man. It's, it's yeah. It's I think crazy. he was naive, but people keep underestimating how strong and i mean s with a strong how strong mo salah is he's he's a yeah, beast yeah, of course of he's course strong. He, he, but, do, but do you but do you get turned that easily though salah i mean if you're strong enough. enough though like yeah. salah is well, strong. to be honest Cance- cancello cancello made it easy for him because he did. That's what I'm saying. man just lunged in like yeah, <laughs> that's what i'm saying you don't lunge in bro you just talk, you just you stand your ground yeah exactly I, I think i think for me the the difference between because let's face it trent is the one that gets highlighted for his defensive mistakes despite yeah. his immense value going forward right and it is unfair on trent and cancello gets an easy ride i think it's just simply because cancello is able to play that a little bit deeper and also city have a lot more control on their games that means he yeah. doesn't get those mistakes as much purely because others around him are covering for him that little bit easier in the way set up city are set up but i agree with you like i think that really does highlight and it does need to be highlighted more that when inevitably trent makes a mistake and people are on his ass about it you can just point at other people and be like well then let's keep the same energy and that's and that's completely fair i can see where the frustration comes for you there um, yeah, what what did find funny if you did see it, you boys? Um, did you see Kevin De Bruyne's face when Mo Salah was on goal? His face just yeah. dropped. He he just knew it was automatic. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, we've had a great episode. But that Chris is angry, he... boy. He didn't want to engage there. <laughs> no, no, no. No, not at all, man. Not at all. I think Liverpool are deserved winners, to be honest. Yeah, they played fantastically. And let's see if they can keep it up for the rest of the season. Like, you've got Hotter, they might be out for a decent amount of time. But those reserves are going to be coming in clutch, possibly. (laughs) Um, But we'll move on to our shots. I know we've got a couple of them. Mace, I want you to start for me, please. Oh, yeah. My shots goes out to Aaron Ramsdale and Bukayo Saka they won both one scored a game a scored a goal of the game and the other kept us in the game so big shots to both boys and hopefully we see them on the England sheet for the World Cup they, they both deserve it and Ben White too there we go can I yeah. just just in in place of toast can I just do the the quick verse that he likes to do just uh on on his behalf <laughs> please, um please. yeah so shout out my young gunners like Thierry Hot like Nelly. Gal dem Jaka. Buku bye bye Saka. What, no, what's the ending? Um, don't talk to me unless you're going to talk nice. Is that, I know that. Yeah, I know three points, that, gang. Don't talk to me, whatever he says, man. God, they've always got too many slogans. Um, <laughs> Drew, I know you're going to have a passionate one, so give it to us. Nah, man, it's just, you know, I like, I like, you, you get me. I like, uh, what do you call it? Vindication. Oh, stop it. Oh, oh <laughs> Come on, man, you can't be saying that from oh, outside the top four, G. Come on, man. Where's that? Come on, it's not about Liverpool. It's not about Liverpool. This is about Egyptian, innit? Mohamed Salah, man. Because there's a lot of talk on his name that I do not understand, innit? You know, he had a disappointing game against um, Arsenal. Fair enough. Tomiyasu did very well against him. But I think in all the other games um, where he's been pushed out wide, um, which is not his usual position with with Liverpool, um, yeah, he's been he's been pretty um, unanimous. Uh, not new, anonymous, sorry, um, for us. So obviously, Klopp put him ST today. And you see how dangerous he can be and how, how busy he gets and how occupied he leaves defenders, man. So I'm happy that obviously after his first one-on-one, um, he slotted in the winner. Um, and I'm happy that he's got the it's got another record to his name as well, fastest hat trick in the Champions League. Uh, it's not light. So yeah, man, my shot goes to Egyptian, Egyptian Messi, Mohamed Salah. This one's for you, boy. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, my shot, and this is despite Mason getting his two first two goals of the year, it has to go to Kepa, like. I've I've already spoken on it, but just the sheer fact that 
of being the world's most expensive keeper. He has not lived up to that price tag whatsoever. Not that it's his fault, but at the end of the day, that's the pressure that comes with the role. And to pull off the sheer amount of saves and the sheer amount of quality saves he did against Villa today, like I, I hope he can continue it because I want to see the guy succeed. And yeah, man, if not, at least you had your best ever game in a Chelsea shirt. We'll, we'll take that. Um, listeners, thank you ever so much for tuning in and spending some time with us again. We absolutely love it. Please continue to follow us on all our socials. Continue to be active with us. Continue to listen in. Our Fantasy Premier League is still growing and growing. So make sure you're keeping on top of that because the games are flying in now in lead up to the World Cup. And yeah, we're out. See you guys later. Peace. 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 Peace.